Hi PJ, why don't you take a seat? Um... Marco? Robot? What's going on here? I thought we were supposed to have our final dress rehearsal for the next podcast episode. Why aren't you in your costume? Okay, first off, I never agreed to dress like a pirate. Also, didn't you get my email? I quit the show. That's why we're here. Welcome to your first therapy session. Whoa, whoa. Wait. Since when do you write email? Ugh, see? This is what I'm dealing with. You just don't get it, man. I see perfectly fine. The only thing I don't get is why you thought bringing the robot into this was a good idea. That's it. I quit too. For what? The third time? Wait. Hold on. Fine. Alright, robot. How do we start this? Okay. Clearing throat sound. PJ, why are you so mean? Huh? PJ mean. PJ bad. PJ is awful. Marco, did you hack the therapy robot? No. I think the robot made some very valid points. I'm alive. Okay, where were we? PJ, can you tell us what happened during the first episode? You're still angry about the sailboat? Of course I'm still angry about the sailboat. Ahoy! See, Marco, isn't this great? We'll be able to podcast the America's Cup from our very own sailboat. TJ, we are taking on water. Why didn't you tell me you don't know how to sail? Pull the line. Bend down the hatches. Just do as they do, Marco. It's really not that hard. Mayday. Mayday. Abandoned ship. Every man for himself. Cough. It wasn't as bad as he makes it sound. I almost drowned, PJ. It made for good content, Marco. Plus, I'm pretty sure we were the only podcast talking about the America's Cup. Yep. Totally worth that emergency beach rescue. Well, frankly, you could use that spiritual awakening. After you sold the week a cycle. Really? You want to go back to this? That bike was amazing, Marco. And then all of a sudden, it just started to disappear. Marco, to the week a cycle. Oof. I think it's still in the shop. Hey, Marco. Let's go to the week cycle! How about we just walk? The weather sure is nice out today. Marco, it's hailing outside. I know. Really cool. Ugh. Marco? To the week cycle! It's, it's, it's gone. PJ, it's gone. A boating accident, selling a bicycle, this is all very healthy for your circumstance. And with that, we conclude another successful therapy session.
What? Give us some direction here. This is a classic case of astrological intercompatibility alignment. I don't follow. PJ, you are a Taurus. Marco, you are a Libra. Based on your DNA samples, I can tell that your moon phases are not in sync during the second house interval. Wait, how did you get our DNA? Marco, that's not important. Listen to the robot. While on the whole we work well together, sometimes due to the lunar orbit, we act irrationally beyond our control. So, are we werewolves or something? That's preposterous. Robot is basing this on sound science. Isn't that right, Robot? So sound. Okay, so the takeaway is that I cannot control my emotions, and, therefore, I am not responsible for my actions in any way. Oh, thank you, Robot. You are welcome. Stop by any time. Not any time soon. PJ and I have a show to work on. So with the pirates, how many parrots are too many parrots? Anything less than 50 is out of the question. Hit it. 10 years in the making. Team Weekend is back. A lot of things have changed since our debut on local radio. Did somebody say podcast? No. Podcast. Yeah. But no matter how much things change, one question remains. You want a piece of my heart? What did you say? You gotta start from the start. You're speaking nonsense. You wanna be in the show? I am in the show. I'm a co-host. Come on, baby. Let's go. Baby? Who are you calling baby right now? Wait, wait. Have you just been quoting Loverboy's Working for the Weekend this whole time? No. Everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah. It's time for the weekend. Everyone's watching. Alright, here it is in prime time, episode 9 of The Weekend Podcast. Welcome. I am Marco, and and he's PJ. You're right, Marco. That's the beauty of podcasts. Anytime is prime time. Oh yeah, yeah, the audience decides prime time. 4 a.m. on a Tuesday. Prime time. In February. Prime time. 8 a.m. On a Thursday, on prime time. Yep, you know what? You're right. Any time is prime time. I was about to go through lots of different scenarios, but you know, we have to go there. We will be doing that later on the show. You know, it's hard to believe we've done this for nine episodes already, really. But you know what? We've got another amazing podcast in store for the listeners here, including some really just you know some of the favorite sketches of all you know of all the ones we've we've done so far we are bringing back a fan favorite to kick off this episode and yes i am talking about the great debate yeah it's uh we've had two debates so far in the series and both were were heated and both both were well fought if if you like thoughtful discourse on mundane subjects 
great debate. Your your segment is the great debate. And uh, this one will, you know, <laughs> in no way change the format in any way. This topic is better than ever and is going to be extremely heated. I can tell you that. Yeah. No, but we, we have thoughtful discourse. It, it's respectful. Heated. It is. With a side of respect. <laughs> Speaking of heat, <laughs> now. Yes. Scenario masters. <laughs> things will start to sizzle. When the drama unfolds. That is a very good hint, Marco, but no spoiler alerts here in the intro. You'll just have to wait to find out about what the heck Marco is talking about. Yes, that's right. It's the second time ever Scenario Masters is making its way back with a whole brand new scenario for us to work through. And I'm telling you, Marco, I've thought a lot about what exactly is going to happen here. And it's going to unfold in real time on the podcast. And you know what else is in real time? No. Not sports, but that's exactly what we're going to be doing as our second to last segment of the podcast. Yeah, sports is, like PJ said, not in real time. We uh, comb over sports stories, and it takes you know a long time to gather the three best stories to present to you. So this may not be the the fresh football score or the you know the injury <laughs> report in the NBA. No, these are carefully, carefully. Uh, <laughs> selected stories you know yes i mean i to be frank i still don't know what season it is when this public podcast was published is it football season is it baseball season doesn't matter but we are still gonna talk about sports yes you know the only time it is right now is prime time you know what it means for prime time a special final segment yeah if you want a sense of time this is the segment for you we look back at 2018 the year in music. Yeah, that's a great point, Marco. This is officially going to be the first podcast we publish in 2019. And what a better time than to look back at 2018 and talk about how great that was compared to whatever we're living in now. <laughs> now, there's so much great music. We have 30 songs apiece. So there's a lot to cover. Uh, a lot of great music. Yes. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to talk about all that music. And we're going to, of course, share what our favorite song each was for 2018. It's going to be epic. We've got some great segments in store. And you know what, Marco? I am sick of you and your respectful attitude. And I would like to debate you on a very important topic. Oh, you're talking about the great debate. Gotcha, gotcha. That's right. That's right. The great debate is up On April 26, 1920, the first great debate was held in Washington, D.C. at the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History. In this landmark public debate, astronomers Heber Curtis and Harlow Shapley argued the size of the universe. Nearly 100 years later, P.J. and Marco continued the tradition of thoughtful and thorough discourse engaging in meaningful topics across the fields of academia. A barrel of oatmeal cannot be weighed Therefore, it is weightless. If dogs could talk, and I'm not ruling out that they cannot, they would all have the exact same voice. Razor scooters are stupid. They always have been and always will be. Yarn is not big string. It's different. And now, The Weekend Podcast presents The Great Debate. 
From far and wide they come to hear, welcome to the great debate. Here, here. We have two debaters with us, myself, Marco, and today debating me is PJ. Here, 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 here. Today's debate is best castle ever. I am electing to debate on behalf of real castles. And PJ, he will debate for sand castles. Yeah! There was a coin flip that was not aired to turn which debater shall begin. PJ has won the flip with the castle side as heads. <laughs> commemorative coin for a commemorative debate. PJ, the floor is yours. Well, thank you, Marco. Or should I say fellow competitor? You know, to me... Rebuttal. It's debater. <laughs> okay, okay. You know what? Semantics. Semantics. <laughs> Let us get into the real points here, Marco. Sand castles are amazing. Real castles are awful. We all know this. Sand castles are built for the everyman. Everybody can enjoy a sand castle. Everybody can make a sand castle. Everybody can have fun with the sand castle. Real castles are for the elites. Only super rich people can live in them, and you have to have a million people working on like under minimum wage to make these castles. And at this point, what is even the point of castles? They just sit there ruining really nice land. For the arguments for the real castles, as in real arguments for real castles, unlike your arguments that blow away in the wind, like sand. Yeah, you can't argue Rebuttal. that. Rebuttal. I yeah. Well, no. But who needs to? You can easily fix a sand castle the moment it gets swept up in the wind. The moment a real castle gets you know toppled over by waves or people because they're always fighting around castles, it takes forever to fix a castle. Okay, you bring up a good point. There's history. Castles are built to be strong. They're both a fortress and a residence. Castles just don't topple over. That's the whole point. A real castle holds. That's the whole point of a castle, to defend this medieval kind of village community that they have to defend. It's a line of defense. It's the first line of defense, and it's the key line of defense. Real castles are built to last. That's the beauty of a castle. Yeah, but you know it's also not the beauty of a castle? How expensive they are! You know, sand castles are basically free! It's just sand in a beach. You build it and it costs you nothing. Real castles take real moolah. It's like build, you know, buying a Rolls Royce. We can't all do that, Marco. It's not, it's not good! Well, you know, castles, a lot of castles will, were built in starting in the 9th century and, you know, through the Middle Ages. You know, some modern castles exist, I agree. At the time, there were lords funding these castles. It was kind of an income disparity, but they these lords were protecting the commoners. It was for their own safety. And these castles, like a Rolls-Royce, we can't all have a Rolls-Royce, but that's what makes a Rolls-Royce special. Real castles are special. You know, this is really rich for the guy that claims that sitting in first class is going to ruin air travel. Now you're trying to defend royalty? Living in castles? Yes, these people are protecting the peasants. Oh, 
These guys are amazing. What? Next you're gonna tell me these guys are deities? No. You know who the real deities are? These artists making beautiful sandcastles for free. Okay, you've touted this free claim a lot. Have you ever been to a professional sandcastle contest? Uh... Professional? No, because that would defeat the whole point if you're getting paid to make sandcastles. Yeah, well these real inspirational sandcastles are being paid. And guess what? On these sandcastles, they actually carve in sponsors. What? Yeah. That's outrageous. Yeah. But you the know what? The zenith of your whole argument is sponsored. This is not everyman stuff. They have real spray, high-powered spray hoses to create these unusual forms that the common man can't build. Even in your own dirt, there's elites. You see, you see, people do not be fooled. This is a common debating technique. He's building out a ridiculous straw man argument, trying to cherry pick one crazy example of just sandcastles gone wrong. Well, you know what? Every real castle has gone wrong. Cause tell me a castle that wasn't crazy expensive and didn't have a king and queen living in it so that they could protect the peasants. Rebuttal, not all castles were these stone palaces some were built of straw, just like that argument which you say I have, which I don't rebuttal on that. You know, straw, some dirt, some are very simple. A lot of the grand castles that we imagine are the stone, you know, huge megalith structures that we recall. But not every castle. You can go in your backyard and build a castle. As long as it's to protect you and you can live in it, that's the true definition of a castle. Isn't that what all Americans really want? A place where they can live and feel protected and comfortable in their own home? That's a castle. You know what? Now you're like saying every home is a castle. That is a ridiculous mar ar argument, Marco. And if you're talking about some random, you know, built-in-the-backyard castle that you could live in, how many people do that? You know why people don't do that? Because it's a terrible idea. Everybody makes sandcastles because sandcastles are fun and they're free. Rebuttal. A sandcastle can be fun, but I recall as a child, you know, you have the waves crashing down, you have, you know, birds messing with it, you have the bully kicking it down. I mean, it's not all fun and games out there in the sand. Rebuttal. Somehow Marco meets all the bullies on the beach while the rest of us have a lot more fun on the beach. I remember having friends on the beach. We all had some activity we wanted to do together or, you know, it was with the family. I don't know. How often do you run into bullies on the beach? You know how often I run into bad guys at castles? All the time. Like every medieval story I've ever seen with the castle always has bad guys. Okay, rebuttal. I acknowledge that the history of castles was built on warfare. But No kidding. A lot of great things in history has this, you know, dark past, but in modern day in 2019, can we appreciate the beauty of castles as they are now? They're not used as places of warfare. Modern warfare is not conducted through castles. Now, they're just beautiful artifacts. All around the globe, there are castles, and they go and inspire. These real castles inspire the sand castles that you're talking about. Without the real castles, where are your sand castles, PJ? Rebuttal! Why are we glorifying these wartime instruments in real castles? You know, I mean, at least the sandcastle never hurt anybody. It was just there for fun, for a family to connect and build bonds. A real castle's there so that people can fight over something. That was the old castle. We're talking about present-day castle. What do you... 
You can't change the branding. That's what it was. You want to just pretend that didn't happen? I'm not pretending it doesn't happen. It's important to Rebuttal, know your history. Rebuttal, you are pretending. I am trying to teach you some history, PJ. There's castles all over. There's most of them are in Europe. What? But there's castles all over the world. Not in the U.S. Oh, oh, there are in the U.S. There's over 150 castles in the U.S. These are modern-day castles. These are castles that were not built for warfare. These are just people who invested money and wanted to build something that is beautiful, inspirational. Wait, you said the big word there. Money? You said you had to invest money? Once again, sandcastles, no money. Okay, Marco. Here's another point for your castle, though. Sandcastles, environmentally friendly. You're using resources of the earth, and it returns right back into the earth once that friendly wave wants to recycle this thing. Castles, they take money, but they also take crazy resources. You're gonna like strip mine every mine you can find for rocks to build your castle, or you're gonna build it out of timber because there goes every tree. There goes your ash bores. Okay, we're buttle. How did you get to the beach? Do you live on the beach? Maybe I do. I love beaches. Why can't I live on the beach, Marco? You can live on the beach, but for all of us who don't live on the beach, which is a lot of us, you gotta get to the beach. There's real costs, there's hidden costs in the sandcastle, this free thing. You like those molds that create those turrets? Those are nice. Are those free? They'll grow on a tree? No, that was plastic made of oil from the earth, PJ. And a shovel? Yeah, plastic too. Don't require a shovel to make a sandcastle, Marco. That's for the elitists. You can do it with your bare hands. Also, news just in. I guess Marco lives in castles now because how else are you getting to the castles in Europe, Marco? We're talking to royalty here. I guess this is the king of England I'm debating. Rebuttal. I'm a duke. <laughs> That's a different story. But environmental friendly, there are different ways to do it. There are great castles that are built from stone and different things. Historically, these are things from Earth versus these modern, you know, crazy mansions. And guess what? If you want to build a castle today, you can do it in a sustainable way. You can make a LEED certified castle. Why can't you? Why can't you? Because you have already have all these other castles. Are you going to, I mean... Now you're talking like... Oh, okay. Rebuttal, you're talking about castle quotas? Yeah, because... Who made you the castle police? What? Because let's... Let, we're talking about castles. When you are trying to defend real castles, but now all of a sudden these medieval ones don't count. We're only going to talk about the lead certified castles that don't even exist yet? That's your winning argument for environmentally friendly castles? No! You've got all these castles that you're responsible for, Marco. That's what you got to debate for. Suck it up, debate the medieval castles that you and these kings and queens protecting the peasants. I, it's not, it's too much, Marco. Sandcastles. Okay, rebuttal, rebuttal. Focus, focus on the argument one at a time. If we're talking about environment, I don't think the environmental impact of castles built in 1214 was that crazy. Okay, it's a drop in the bucket compared to every other modern thing that we do right now. Castles were outrageous buildings in 1214. I mean, you didn't even like you didn't even like have a nickel. You couldn't go to a subway and buy a sandwich. You could build a castle though, and that was an outrageous structure. Rebuttal. What was that story? That made no sense. I'm gonna pretend like that never happened. If we're talking about the environmental impact, the castles that were made historically were made of stone, all natural materials. Were they expensive? Yes. Were they labor? Yes. Were they? tools of warfare yes i'll admit to all those things but in terms of environmental 
devastating. You can't hit me on that. If you're building a new castle, then you can make it environmental. Castles are meant to inspire. You can make an inspirational, solar-powered, you know, carbon-neutral castle. That should be the modern-day castle. Castles, the whole concept of castle is to be inspirational, inspired, okay? When you're when you're clumping that sand on the beach, what, what are you trying to make it look like? Rebuttal! There is no solar pa panel dream castle that you you painting for the listeners right now. You are making up fake castles to beat the sand castles, because sand castles are so awesome. You know, here's a very last, strong argument. Very strong argument. You know well what? Done. I've made many. I've made many strong arguments, and I'll make another great one here, right now. Sand castles. Where do they take place? On the beach, because beaches are awesome. It's where we all want to hang out. Where are real castles? In swamplands in the UK and France. I mean, nobody wants to live there anyways. They're all moving to the beaches because then you can build your sand castles. Okay, rebuttal. Very subjective saying everyone wants to be on the beach. You don't speak for everyone. I speak for all real castles though. This is a real debate. The real great debate. Rebuttal, you also seem to be speaking for fake castles too here. Okay, when I say you can build something, that doesn't mean you can't. That, that means what I say it means. You can build a lead certified castle. It can have a solar panel. It can be. You can build it. Castles, as long as it's a fortified residence. A fortified residence. And it's also traditionally shown as a symbol of power. And if yes. you're able to turn that into a powerful image, uh, a symbol in your community of environmental sustainability, you can do that. You can make that castle. You can make any castle. I, I'm. See, you're saying sandcastles, you know, have all this kind of free-willing stuff. You could think outside the box. A real castle has even less structure and limitations than a sandcastle. Sandcastles have to be made out of sand. You can make a real castle out of anything. You can build a castle anywhere. There are castles in swamps and different things in England and all over Europe, but there's also castles in Africa, in Asia, in South America. There's castles all over. Rebuttal. Just remember... The man said castles are a symbol of power. Well, you know what sand castles are a symbol of? Fun, artistic expression. Do you want the symbol of power? Or do you want something that's free, fun-loving, and just a thing of the people? Look at this. Marco is an old-fashioned elitist that wants to build up barricades. And you know what? At this point, we might as well just make this podcast for the elites. Because Marco has abandoned all principle here. Rebuttal character assault. There is decorum to the great debate, PJ. I will not debate any less. I will leave you with this as we come towards a closing argument. The argument's still circular. At this point, Mark was trying to rebrand castles, and you know what? It's not gonna work. Because even when you have all these people that now can be in a castle, at the end of the day, we all know what castles were and what we think of when we're trying to stay in a castle. It was for the kings and the queens, not for us, not for the humble podcast listener and the humble podcast host. No, but you know what was for everyone? The sandcastle. Everybody loves a sandcastle. Everybody loves a beach. And the best thing is, we all can have a sandcastle. So do it with me, people. Build your sandcastle. Do people love Harry Potter? I don't know. Do people love Disneyland? Do people love White Castle? Imagine a world without castles. Yeah, goodbye all those places too. Castles have historically been a source of inspiration for everyone. In the real, in the sand, 
and in fiction and literature. Castles are symbols of power, and I'm empowering the listeners. Be a king. Be a queen. Embrace the new castle. Ah. Well, Marco, this got heated. You know, some things were said. Uh, but, you know, all is fair in love and debate. But, Marco, that... I think we have given the people two very strong arguments for real castles and sandcastles here. I absolutely concur. You debate sandcastles very well. I mean, full disclosure, I'm a fan of sandcastles, <laughs> but I'm a fan of real castles too, and we let the viewers make their voices heard. Yes. Let the viewers hear, hear. be empowered. And when I say viewers, I mean listeners. <laughs> Go to Facebook. Vote for the best castle real or sand you know what they can view the ballot on facebook but up until then you're gonna be listening to us folks we got more podcasts on the way coming up next it's back second time on the podcast we got scenario masters Sound. Team Weekend is here to guide you around. Scenario Masters! No matter the time, no matter the place. Team Weekend is here with style and grace. Scenario Masters! We are the kings of awareness. Sultans of situation. All hail the rulers of the sun and nation. Well, Marco, we're back in another scenario, Masters. It's our second scenario, and we're in a really random room here. In a very dark house. We should uh, we should turn a light, because as a scenario, that that's something my natural instinct is turn on a light. If the room's dark, turn on a light. How else are you gonna figure out what your scenario is without turning on that light? All right, Marco, turn on the switch. I am feeling the walls. It's pretty dark. All right. Yep. That. Oh. No, no. Up, uh, up. You turn the switch up. Switch up. Switch up. Ah. Ooh. Wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I think the bulb burned out, right? That's what you're seeing? Yeah, it's it's definitely out. All right. You know what, Marco? This is going to be the easiest scenario masters we have ever had. That's right, folks. We are here to change a light bulb. In the dark, no less. This is going to be interesting. Well, you know what's even easier? Really? What? Okay. So I have decent night vision. <laughs> I mean, just throwing it out there. So, I mean, I... Do all the listeners have good night vision? No, no, but if you do, as in the scenario, use the skills you have. So I have night vision. <laughs> you know, like normal night vision. Not like Superman night vision, but like, you know, good vitamin A in my bloodstream. I can see well in dark scenarios. There's a candle. So I'll just use the candle. You know what? I mean, this whole thing, I was ready for you to change the light bulb just in the dark with that night vision. But all right, fine. You know, we can't <laughs> solve everything with night vision. Let's get to the real, you know solutions here so you're saying we should light this candle right here's a scenario tip if you have technology 
always go with the oldest technology possible. <laughs> that's my that's my creed. So I found a candle. We're gonna go candle. All right. You know what? Nothing could go wrong here. Could you light that candle? I think we have some matches here. You know. I'd rather you do it. Okay, fine. Because you know, other other scenario tip: stay in your lane. I'm not great with matches. <laughs> I am fantastic with matches. Watch this, Marco. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm I want to learn. Okay. Ta-da! So we did it, right? Well, whoa. Uh, well, um. Um. <coughs> oh, yeah. Geez. Okay. You know, so. We should do something, right? Right. So it's a new <laughs> scenario. Uh, the candle was lit, but you know what? We should do something, here. right? <laughs> well, okay. Yes. The couch is now on fire. A tip: when lighting said candle. One should make sure that the candle is securely on said table when lighting the candle. You know what? This would have all been better if somebody had just turned on the light bulb. Yeah, we could talk about that when the couch is not on fire. <laughs> you know what? Okay. Uh, you know, uh, we will get back to the scenario of changing the light bulb in a minute. We've got to take care of said couch. That was a really nice couch, Marcho. Stop saying said. It's just a couch. It's on fire. <laughs> I. You know what? Uh... So I'm sure there are ways to put out couch fires. Do you have anything? We only all I see are matches. Matches are a not a good solution for fire. And I'm not even good with matches. I told no. you that. Okay. Uh, you know, so you could use your T-shirt. No, you don't fan fires either. Providing more oxygen for fires makes them bigger. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Can we stomp it out? No. Oh, okay. okay. I, you I know what? You will have spread the fire while hurting your foot, too. The fire is getting bigger. All right. Good news. My foot is not on fire. Bad news is the rug is on fire. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now, if only someone could help. Attention. An emergency has been reported in this building. Ah. Okay. Uh, fire alarms. Fire alarms are very handy when you do not have... Uh, stomping foot that can put out fire or t-shirts that can suffocate fire. But you know what? You know what fire alarms do have? No. Helpful firemen. Firemen put out fires. Right, right. Yep. Get back to stay in your lane. <coughs> Alright, you know what? Um, here's a tip for fires. You get low to the ground because the smoke rises. Yes. But not to fear, Marco. I think help is on the way just stay low here it comes here comes the sirens help us fireman okay and there goes the sirens now you know what no no one should just completely rely on the sirens and the fire alarms you know sometimes you do actually have to put out the fire yourself uh, try to spit on it <laughs> Uh, you know, podcasters, podcasters do amazing things, and I'm sure, oh my god, how is this fire still getting bigger? No, we gotta crawl to a safer spot away Safe, from the rug. Safer spot? At this point, the walls are all on fire, Marco. There is no safer spot. Yep. Um, do you see, like, a sink or anything? <laughs> uh, uh, can I see anything? The smoke is in my eyes. This is a problem. When this, you're supposed to get on the ground, I can't even see you. Where are you? <laughs> so lower? Uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen to the taps. That's me. Are, 
those walls still? I thought all the walls were on fire. No, no, the floor. Some of the floor is not on fire. Okay, all the floor is on fire. <laughs> we have to get out of here. I, I think the walls have fallen. Walls are no longer an impediment. <laughs> Great vocab work. <laughs> you know what? Okay, screw the vocab. Go this way. Tap. Tap on the floor. I can pull the tap. You don't need to make the noise, Marco. Your feet are making the noise. Uh, okay, no, good call. <coughs> Alright, <coughs> listeners, important lesson. <laughs> when the walls fall, just leave! Just but leave! I think I left <laughs> my hat in there. <coughs> just take the microphone, Marco. <coughs> Alright, I got that. I got it. <coughs> okay, uh. We are okay. out. Check. Check one. Mm. Check. Check two. Check. This is... Okay. <sighs> We're outside. We're outside. The microphone works. The hat's gone. <sighs> to be frank, the hat is not the only thing gone, Marco. <coughs> I think the house is gone. Yeah, but um, but we don't have to... <laughs> don't have to change the bulb, right? <laughs> That is right. You know what? They thought they were going to fool us with this scenario, Masters. Well, the fool is on them. Yeah, well, um, okay, let's recap what we learned. Um, um, it's hot. Fire's hot. Stay away from fire. Yep. And, uh, light bulbs? You should replace those, but not with candles. Wait, yeah, no, 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 that's right. I agree. I agree. At this point, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, don't let the fire get bigger. Uh, you know, it gets bigger, it seems to get worse. Yeah, contained fires, you know, fire pit. Leave it a fire pit or, like, a stove. You know, candles, you know, I've... I'm out on candles. This this is a learning experience. You know what? This podcast is a candle-free environment from now on. Yeah, yeah, and, uh... And you know the material possessions. Um, you gotta save the people first in a fire. I I stand by Great that. Great point. So two for two there, Marco. Yeah. Uh, you did encourage me to to grab the microphone, and in the heat of the moment, you know, no pun intended, I did it. <clears throat> but um, I think I think that was really dangerous, and I I, I kind of resent that. But we are still able to record this podcast, Marco, because you grabbed that microphone. Yeah, I want I want to dwell on it, but like we could have got a new microphone. <laughs> the house was like completely in flames. Like it was too, it was too lit for stop, drop, and roll because even the floor was on fire. So if I stopped, dropped, and rolled, I would have just been rolling in fire. So, I mean, it was just really dangerous, and, I, and um, <laughs> next time, next time, no candles. No. Uh, you don't go back. You save people. Um, Maybe you wave the fireman down. I, you know, it, you know, if you hear sirens, I, you know, that's a lesson to still be learned at some point, I think, there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe develop a, a, a good rapport with the local fire department. Like, don't suck up. Cause I don't think they're into that. 
but just like have a you know a breezy neighbor good neighbor relationship a welcome to the neighborhood card, maybe. That that wouldn't hurt. Right, yeah. If your town just got a fire department, definitely welcome them. But if you're new to the neighborhood, then just you just introduce yourself, because you're the new guy in town. So, it's on you. Sure. I guess the card doesn't work the other way. Um, that's a good point. <sighs> you know, these are these are good ways to handle such a scenario. I, I think we've let the people learn some things today. Here. Oh, oh, I got one more thing. Oh, good. You should try to look for an energy-efficient light bulb. You know, because, again, we're pro-light bulb. We're anti-candle, pro-light bulb. But also try to get an energy-efficient light bulb because you have to change it less. And then you just put yourself, you know, out of harm's way. You know, and if it's like one of those natural light colors that also kind of seems to be more soothing for people. So, you know, kind of helps with reading lights and doesn't strain the eye as much so you know oh yeah good eye health yeah, that's, nice that's helpful well yeah. you know this this has been fun yeah like the phoenix we have risen from the ashes <laughs> and we are stronger and that concludes how you change the light bulb thanks for tuning in to scenario masters time for your prime time sports report here on the weekend yes and marco has promised me after a recent therapy session that this one is going to be all about the america's cup we took different things out of that intro <laughs> all right pj pj are you ready for some wacky sports news i am actually and marco i believe we did discuss this a little more there is a theme to this sports segment today, correct? Now, last time it was crime in the NBA, if I cor if I remember correctly. Brand new theme for sports this time around. Yes, I'm glad you said that, because I was not going to say it. <laughs> but it's for the best that we say it. The theme is vague. It's called resistance to change yes you know sports they've been around forever we've enjoyed them for a long time but you know i think we all kind of get in our ways here and we have found three stories about how sports are changing and there's a lot of resistance towards that marco so marco why don't you lead us off with the first story yes so this first sport has not been around forever in fact it's only been around since the 1980s Starting in France, hmm. this sport is parkour. Ah, oh, yes. Parkour! Some people remember parkour from The Office, like PJ. Yeah. But uh, in case you don't know, parkour is kind of like free running in that you kind of jump and leap 
just all throughout the city. The city is like a playground, if you will, and you just kind of follow the leader. I don't know a lot about it, but I know enough to report about it. <laughs> I know when there's resistance to change. People are wondering, where is this going? And you're right to wonder. <laughs> Here's where it's going. Enter International Gymnastics Federation, uh. or the FIG. Due to its French <laughs> origins, <laughs> voted to make parkour one of its official disciplines. And they're moving very quickly. They're trying to make parkour part of the fold. They already have a world championships planned in Japan for 2020. And they're pushing very hard to lobby the IOC, hmm. the International Olympic Committee, to make parkour a gymnastics event in the 2024 Olympic Games. Hmm. You know, that's interesting, Marco, because as you may be unaware, the 2024 Olympics will be held in Paris, France. So, you know, the French gymnastics group trying to turn parkour into gymnastics and then getting it ready for the Olympics, it'll be in their home base when that would possibly occur. Right. So this all seems like kind of a perfect timing of, you know, evolution and getting mainstream. It all seems like really good news. Bring it home to France for the Olympics. Mm. But no. (laughs) (laughs) David Bell, (laughs) considered to be the inventor of parkour, is not having any of it. In a quote from the NPR article, which we found this, it says, trying to go fast with very little or no transparency, no involvement of the international parkour community or national communities. So, uh, I don't know, PJ, is it just me? Or is this resistance to change? No, Marco, it is definitely not just you. This is 100% resistance to change. The question for me is should he be resisting this change? To me, I you know, I get it. You know, it you know, parkour is interesting. Crazy sport, like visually is just super impressive when you watch it. Also looks ridiculously dangerous if it's done the way we all kind of know it to be. You know, and like it's always had a very independent nature because of that danger. Like they're just going for it, trying things. Probably shouldn't be doing it and and they're they're okay, you know, and they just go for it. But like, you know, if you're going to make it an organized sport and throw it in organized events, I can see how it's kind of the opposite of what parkour is known to be. Right. And I think a lot of it's about like a culture, like you said, like kind of like other extreme sports that are more popular in the U.S., like the X Games Mm. had skateboarding and snowboarding and, you know, BMX and motocross these things are very popular kind of with, you know, the Gen X post generations. And now they're trying to be capitalized and merge. And I think there's kind of that resistance of are we being used to sell tickets or is this with, you know, the true spirit? And again, this is like in the, the parkour as a sport, it is kind of this kind of wild and free thing. It has this ethos. And I think a lot of people around the world are kind of like, are we just being used to kind of salvage gymnastics? Yeah. And I mean, I get it. But I do see potential here. Like, you know, the problem I have where I'm resisting is I just know they're not going to do it right. Because I feel like there is a way to change and make it awesome. The way to do it is you've got to merge parkour with gymnastics. Like, so ribbon dancing mixed with parkour sounds awesome to me. Like, you have to climb a building while dancing with a ribbon? That's epic. That's taking parkour to a new level. Or, like, adding a catapult off a, you know 
uh, one of those pummel horses onto a railing, like just merging these sports in such crazy ways that you never saw it before. That would be cool and ultra dangerous, but I'm in. Wow, you sound like the authentic voice that this sport needs to lead it into the 21st century. <laughs> I'm excited. I am too. And you know, when we get that ribbon dancing, build, building climbing sport in the Paris 2024 Olympics, I will be sitting front row or on the top of the building watching it for sure. I'm in. You're not even going to compete? You know, Marco, you got to leave these things to the experts. I'll admit I am no parkour expert. Well, PJ is keeping it 100, and I am all in. That's fantastic. The last thing with this story before we get to our next one is there is a hashtag that, you know, started within the community that goes hashtag we are not, all caps, gymnastics. It's a great hashtag. I think Team Weekend should try to use this appropriately <laughs> and inappropriately. I think this is a great one. This is That was, that was my takeaway message, just a, this fantastic hashtag. You know, I like it, though I think we could even make our own original movement for hashtagging. I think hashtag ribbon dancing parkour building climbing should be a hashtag at this point. Ooh, there's that. And also for the people who are like pro this movement and pro the direction, they could do hashtag we are not not gymnastics. (laughs) So check our social media. There's going to be a whole lot following this. (laughs) Very carefully. We're starting a movement. DJ. You have another, you have another, you know, stream, you know, that's, you know, hitting a rock. It's not trying to change what's going on in the sports world. Now, Marco, you may be familiar with the sport of bicycling. It's been around a while. You know what? I've had friends that have done it. (laughs) Yes. Not close friends, but friends. Am I not a close friend? Okay. I see. Oh, you bike. Oh, 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 interesting. Really? You you know, this is a topic for another day, but have you seriously never biked? I just need to know this right now. This is a topic for another day. We do not have time for oh, the story. Man. This, oh, man. <laughs> I, I have biked. Okay. But I'm not doing that story justice. Another day. <laughs> another sports. <laughs> T- today's theme is resistance to change. Hashtag has Marco biked. Let's put it out there, people. Okay. <laughs> not to get totally distracted on that. We'll leave that for the hashtag. So, bicycling. It's a thing. And, you know, while we all kind of know bicycling as a sport, you know, the popular race is like... Uh, the Tour de France. And, you know, we think of these super elite athletes and all that. But, you know, bicycling is also a sport for a relatively common man at this point, too. A ton of people just do it to get fit at this point. And I'm not sure if you're familiar. There's a mobile app called Strava out there. It's very well known with runners, but it's also very, very popular with bikers. So, like, often, typically, amateur bikers, though professionals certainly do it. And it tracks where you go when you're out in a city or, you know, wherever, a town, biking. And it, and it basically draws your map and sh- tells you how many miles you've biked and how fast you went. Well, Strava's taken that to another level because now you can compete. They have these things called segments where basically all around the city there's these special spots where it times you against anybody else that does that segment. And in bicycling now, this huh. has become a big prestige point to have the fastest time in a segment. So that's happening. That's, that's, that's today. People are accepting yes, this. Yes, that's, are... that's great. People love it. People have gotten okay. super, super competitive with it. The problem is, you know, bicycles have been around forever. You know what hasn't and is changing the game, Marco? Parkour? Yeah, well, that would be amazing. If we could get Strava and parkour together, that, oh, man, that'd be cool. Distracting me, though, Marco. No, it was e-bikes. <laughs> e-bikes are changing the game. 
Ah, yes. So bikes with batteries on them that you know basically assist the biker so that he can go to a certain speed. Well, apparently these e-bikers are also into Strava and have been stealing all these times from people who do not, you know, or just normal bikers. And this has not been going over very well with the normal bikers. Marco, are these normal bikers or the old school bikers just resisting change? Well, this is this is interesting because it's a it's a new app and a new trend, and already there's the resistance. I mean, how many years of data are there from these kind of like analog bikers? I think it's like you know we're talking ten years. You know, kind of really. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, that's all right. So that's more than I thought. I, that's so, an estimate. Know. I you know guessing here. I've yeah. I've been doing stuff like this for five, so I I would imagine it's lived outlived me by at least a couple years. Gotcha. I I think it's fair. I just think there should there should be a, a notation whether it's you're walking or you're rollerblading <laughs> or you're bicycling or you're electric bicycling. I mean it, it. The record matters. You know if you're you race with a jetpack, I mean you have an advantage. So yeah, but you know there you know you know people don't get annoyed when you have a super nice bike versus a really crappy bike. Is there des- when's when's the designation too much? Well, I, I think I, I think electric bikes taking it up a notch. I think <laughs> I think there there's some beef there. Perhaps I am resistant to change. Mm. Maybe you know. So like, maybe I'm part of the problem. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe now my question is: Is this taking it too far though? Here, so you know, people are getting really annoyed. Their records are starting to go down. Now Strava does have actually a separate designation for e-bikes. But people forget to kind of change it. They're like, oh, bike. I'm a bike. I select just bike. And they don't realize there's a whole other category of bikes out there. Well, regular bikers have gotten to the point now where they've gotten so suspicious of certain times that they now are starting to look at people's profile, figure out how often are they biking. And one of the newer trends is to look and see how hard was their heart rate going on the ride. If their heart rate was too low, we don't believe you. We're reporting you. There's no way you did that off of on a normal bike. Well, here on the weekend podcast, we reward pettiness, <laughs> and this is so petty that uh, kudos, <laughs> kudos to the people who are taking time out of their day. You only have 24 hours in a day, and you're sleeping, and you're probably working or you know eating. Yeah. You know those are some main things. Sure. Um, but yeah, they're taking some of their time. To, to investigate strangers that they do not know <laughs> and, and track their heart rate. That, that's fantastic. You know, I thought you might find that creepy, but I am 100% with you on this, Marco. I am very much in the petty category, and I would totally do this to anybody <laughs> at this point. So, you know what? If you're going to cheat, at least make your heart rate go up a little bit to make it look like you didn't cheat. Also, if you're going to cheat, I'd say go on. You should get an electric heart. <laughs> <laughs> that you know what that that is genius and i uh you know what that that might change the game i wonder what the resistance to change will be for that but you know what that's a story for another time we've got one more story here marco what is our third and final story about a possible resistance to change this one was kind of a, a bombshell when it was announced and uh, we're reporting on this as fast as we can which is probably going to be a month and a half after it actually happened <laughs> but who knows it's new to you yeah if you heard it here first so our third story takes us to the world of space outer space Uh-oh. time for a jam <laughs> 
I don't remember the lyrics, but I'm talking about Space Jam. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on and jam. And welcome to the... Yeah, okay. That's exactly the jam I'm talking about. So, the movie was very successful. starred Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes. Kind of a live action with animation. Huge box office numbers. Yeah. Had Bill Murray. I think we've even talked about it on the podcast before. It's come up at least once, I would I'm hope. sure. It, it, was, it was a big deal. Um, I saw it at least three times in theaters. I saw it opening night, oh. and that was that was that was that was nice because you know I, I was a young kid. I was that was the perfect demo for that mm-hmm. like basketball, like Looney Tunes. Anyway, <laughs> that's not even the story. The story is due to the popularity, they were going to have a sequel. No one even heard about this until there was a tweet that came out from none other than Tony Hawk, wow, pro skater. In this tweet. He uh, shows an animated picture of him with Looney Tunes skateboarding. It's on Twitter, so we'll eventually put it on our Twitter so you can see it. It, It's a real deal. It's Tony Hawk with Taz, Marvin the Martian, and, yeah, they're in a dune. I don't know, but it's a real picture. (laughs) They were going to make a Tony Hawk Space Jam. I think it was going to be called Skate Jam, I'm pretty sure. But uh, think of the movie that never was. Ah. Yeah, you know, so interesting moment here. Uh, I'm looking at the picture too. Couple thoughts here. First off, you know, like for me, you know, Space Jam, amazing movie. I've always loved it, but I've also fair, felt very protective of it. So it's, I was almost nervous about the idea of a remake. And to be, you know, the the idea of a remake with Space Jam has been out there for a while. The the common uh, thought was that it was going to be LeBron James that does the remake of and that's happening that is gonna happen yes i was yeah it sounds like that one actually is gonna happen i'm still resistant to that change as well here but i actually love the concept of maybe doing a full pivot like because you just can't beat a michael jordan basketball space jam like going with another all-time legend of the sport like the true top guy like tony hawk for skateboarding makes perfect sense doesn't it Oh, absolutely. The timing was perfect because it says in the tweet, this was in 2003, he was approached. Mm. So this is almost not quite 10 years after, but enough after the original Space Jam where it makes sense to have a new entry. And it's kind of like you could say Tony Hawk was the Michael Jordan of skateboarding. So then you have, you could kind of go off in this universe and have the legend of everything. Yeah. And in, in 2004... I mean, that was such a huge sport, too. Skateboarding, that was, you know, we're talking about parkour becoming mainstream. That's when skateboarding really t- turned the corner around those time with the video games and everything, mm-hmm. and everything was was really blowing up. So middle school, me, seeing that would have been just as excited as, you know, young Marco seeing Michael Jordan <laughs> with the Toon Squad. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, what's so cool, you kind of went on this thread about, you know, you could keep doing this for dominant sports, like, you know, after you do skateboarding, then the next up-and-coming sport, you do Team New Zealand with the America's Cup. Could you imagine that after this? You then have this alien sailboat ship going against another sailboat that's with humans. I, the, the, thought, the, the, the possibilities are endless here, Marco. Yeah, they're endless, and yet always, always in your top choice is, uh, is America's Cup. You, uh, you love that. I do. It's, uh, you know... <laughs> I people are it's going to be mainstream and we are going to be ahead of the game here Marco stop resisting the change took the words out of my mouth <laughs> except for the word stop <laughs> <laughs> 
But <laughs> with that, that is our three stories here. You know, Marco, we talk about, you know, the masses resisting change here. But, you know, us, Marco, I think in general, other than you and the America's Cup, we're adaptive people here. I think we have shown that we are ready for whatever the world throws at us here. What a bold way to end this segment. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we are closing sports, and we got one more segment to go here, people. It's a big one. It's the best music of 2018 coming up next. What's your favorite song, Marco? Uh, you'll have to tune in, but all I can say is hashtag we are not gymnastics. It's 2019 now by the time we put out this podcast. But Marco, I think it's time we make sure to look back at 2018 and the fantastic year we've had musically. Travel through time, through sound, to cover what a great year in music it was. So great. So great, in fact, we are bringing back that special edition year-long recap of music, quite just like we did last year for the Weekies. We're going to once again break down our top 60 songs, people. Not, you know, five apiece. No, 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 no. We are going to take it up like 10 notches today here on this podcast and break out 30 songs apiece. Our top 30 songs apiece for 2018. Yeah, these are our songs. We had zero fan input. So it's just <laughs> PJ and just Marco. You're getting it straight from the hosts themselves. And these lists are quite different. You know, Marco and I, very different music tastes. But this year, I think it'll go, you know, like quite a nice compliment because they're just really starkly different. Right. But this is the big reveal. We're going to do a quick recap for those who didn't hit little snippets building up hype to each of our respective top five songs of 2018. Starting out with number 30, Sundress by ASAP Rocky. Number 29, Reborn by Kitsy Ghost. Number 28, Art of Doubt by Metric. Number 27, Adored by Laurel. And number 26, Outlandish Poetica by Jonathan Something. Number 30, Logic, 100 Miles and Running, featuring Wale and John Lindell. Number 29, Flatbush Zombies, Facts, featuring Jadakiss. And number 28, Black Thought, Streets. Number 27, Muse with The Dark Side. Number 26, it's 21 Pilots, their song, Jumpsuit. Number 28, 
25, Doorman by Slow Tie, featuring Muramasa. Number 24, Hang Out at the Gallows by Father John Misty. Number 23, You Don't Love Me by Will Dorado. Number 22, Uncertainly Deranged by Bayonne. Number 21, Anxious by Hippocampus. Number 25, Anderson Puck, Tints, featuring Kendrick Lamar. At number 24, Karen Owen Danger Mouse, with their song, Lux Prima. At 23, it's J-Rock, The Bloodiest. Number 22, ASAP Rocky, Praise the Lord, featuring Skepta. Number 21, Janelle Monet with her song, Make Me Feel. Number 20, Severed by the Decemberists. Number 19, The Bug Collector by Haley Hendricks. Number 18, Hues of the Fall by Jeremy Loops. Number 17, Sometimes by Hone. And number 16, Started Out by Georgia. Gotta say, she can get a taste. She can get a taste. What did it say? It's all the same like Mary Kate. Get a taste. Taste, taste. Let you get a taste. Taste, taste. Do you let it taste? Yeah, that's cool. But he ain't like me. At 20, Kanye and Lil Pump, I Love It, featuring Adele Gibbons. Number 19, Anderson Pock, Anywhere, featuring Snoop Dogg and The Last Artful Dodger. Coming in at 18, it's Pusha T with The Games We Play. Number 17, Del the Funky Homo Sapien and Amplot, Wheel of Fortune. Number 16, Taiga, Taste, featuring Offset. Number 15, Breadwinner by Everything Everything. Number 14, Paranoia by Liza Ann. Number 13, Just Dumb Enough to Try by Father John Misty. Number 12, Night Shift by Lucy Dacus. And number 11, Hide by Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Turning like Ikes and Animes. The church kitchen hustling dinners every Saturday. Pull over, let me grab a plate. I tend to gravitate towards our fish dinners from a styrofoam platter taste. My granddaddy sported plaid Donnie Hathaway's. Hustling for everything we had till he passed away. When I would ask him about what path to take, he used to laugh and say, no man is an island, but I'm a castaway. 15, Ops by Vince Staples, featuring Yugen Blackrock. Number 14, Swiss Beats with Something Dirty, Pig Goddess, featuring Jadakiss, Styles P, and Kendrick Lamar. 13, Black Thought, with 215. At 12, T.I., Hefe, featuring Meek Mill. Number 11, it's Cardi B, with her song, I Like It, featuring Bad Bunny and J Balvin. At 
entering the top 10 with my number 10, Kids These Days by Shaky Graves. Number nine, The Dream and the Light by Ockerville River. Number eight, OMDB or Over My Dead Body by Big Red Machine. Number seven, Come On, Come On by Dave Matthews Band. Number six, This Is America by Childish Gambino. Diplo, Look Back, featuring Dram. At number nine, it's Dave East and Styles P. Number eight, Prime, Wow, featuring Yellow Wolf. Coming in at number seven, Kygo and Miguel with their song, Remind Me to Forget. Number six, Dej Loaf, Liberated, featuring Leon Bridges. All right, we've made it to the top five songs of 2018 10 songs here five apiece and kicking it off with me here and my number five song is location unknown by hone featuring georgia Starting off with a little bit of dance music here. It was a good year for pop music. In the top 40, hip hop has kind of covered the scene, which has kind of allowed a chance for pop music to breathe. And this is one of my favorite examples of that happening right here. Smooth, interesting beat, something I've never heard of until 2018. Jumping in with my number five song of 2018, here's Janelle Monet with I Like That. This is my favorite song off her great album, Dirty Computer, also charting an episode 8 playlist, and again on this playlist, at number 21 with Make Me Feel. I like that. Great variety, vocal, guitar, beat, the song just works. Great choice, Marco. I love Janelle Monet. though I think a lot of people off this album will recognize Make Me Feel, kind of a surprising number 5 breaking out I Like That as your top song off that album. My number 4 song is going with another throwback, something we just featured in the last episode, Love It If We Made It by the 1975. This song was just featured in our last episode, but you know what? This band has just crushed it in 2018. Their first album released in two years. Both albums were in my top 10 for each of the last two years. And this song is just a real standout from the album. The lyrics are intense, but the sound is just a really nostalgic throwback, but it just all clicks to make something super intense 
and it just clicks for me. Yeah, they do a really good job with the lyrics and music to deliver a message, and this was definitely one of my favorite songs on your list of 2018. For me, Conan at number four, Pusha T with If You Know, You Know. If you know, you know. Yeah. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. This thing of ours, oh, this thing of ours. A fraternity of drug dealers ringing off. I just happen to be alumni. Too legit, they still looking at me with one eye. The company I, keep is the I talked about this song on episode 8 and I'm talking about it on episode 9. This is one of the top songs for me of 2018. Daytona was a great album, 7 tracks, and this was the top song of that. Games we play also coming in on this at number 18, but this top leading intro from that Daytona album just really had an impression on me. Yeah, push a T crushed it this year. I'm actually shocked this wasn't your number one. When I looked at this list, I thought for sure this was going to be your number one. Daytona, massive hype, was probably the best album that came out of that Wyoming Sessions group there. And I mean, Pusha T was spitting fire this year. Great choice, Marco. My number three song, not really hip-hop this year. You know, not a ton of hip-hop on my list, but you know, a little R&B fill here with Till It's Over by Anderson Pack. I'm about it till it's over. I'm about it till it's over. I'm about it till it's over. One of the earliest releases in 2018, and it still made it to the top of my list through the whole year. I way overplayed the song in the first half of the year. And to me, one of my favorite elements is just the music video. I can't get that video out of my head when I hear the song. I see FKA Twigs still dancing with that Spike Jones directed video and the song and those two visual accompaniments just go together so well. I, I love this song. I haven't played it in a while and when I put it back in my list, I was so happy to kind of hear it again. This was one, my number three song. This was a surprise seeing this on your list for me because I listened to Anderson Cox's album Oxnard, uh, one of the top albums for me of 2018, but this wasn't even on the album. This is a track I totally missed, has more of an EDF vibe, and like you said, good dance music and very enjoyable song. One of two artists that appears on both of our lists. There's not many similarities this year, Marco, but hey, we got a little bit at least. That's right, so to break away from the pack, yet again, my number three song, Royce to 5'9", Caterpillar, featuring Eminem, and King Green. Hold up, wait a minute. Guess what I'ma never do? Show so much respect to you that I feel like we're friends. So now we're no longer competitors. That could be the death of you. Never let someone who's not as smart as you cash you up and tell you something you never knew. Always stay professional. You always gonna make revenue. Don't let people next to you that don't want the best for you. It's completely normal to hold on to a regret or two. I do what I wanna do. They do what I let them do. Everything is the same. Royce the Five Nine appeared as part of the duo. Prime, which we talked about earlier in the year with their song, Wow, featuring Yellow Wolf. Royce produced his own solo album, Book of Ryan, and this was another great rap album 2018. This was a big song, you know, great beat, great flow, and, you know, Eminem had a lot of music out in 2018 on his own right, but I thought his feature on this song was actually better than 
anything on Eminem's own album Kamikaze. Just a great song, great lyricist. If you don't know Royce the 5'9", this is a very good intro. You know, every year, there's music you just miss in 2018. And of all the songs I saw through your list, this was the one that just I totally missed. And it was your number three, Marco. So for me, sometimes you got to play a little bit of catch up. And this is why we do this kind of stuff here. Cool song, old school flow on it. And I just don't know how I missed it. I mean, Eminem, all the different pieces here. It's definitely worth listening to. All right, Marco, and now we're in the top four songs of 2018, two apiece, and my number two song of 2018, Pristine by Snail Mail. I still love my female rockers, and this one just set the scene ablaze this year. And the crazy part is she's still in her teens. She started playing guitar at 16, releasing music. I think she was like 17 or 18 with this album. Still in high school, she comes out of Baltimore, and this song just blew up across the indie rock scene with good reason. It's fantastic. The album itself is great, too. It was in my top 10. And uh, this was one of the songs that really, for me, kind of defined 2018. Yeah, this was an artist that I've not heard of, and I don't feel as bad considering that she's 18 years old. But this is a, a great uh, song, and it's a great contrast for you know at least our top five list where this has vocals, guitars, drums. It kind of just is a reminder you don't need crazy production value to have a great song. That's right. I, you know, that's one of the great things about some of these indie rock trends that are popping up is they're really stripping it down kind of almost to a garage rock sound and it still works. You can do so many things with that. Yes. You don't need production, but it sure helps sometimes. My number two song is Drake. Nice for what? I don't shorty and she doesn't want no slow song. Had a man last year, life goes on. Haven't let the thing lose, girl, it's so long. So 2018, you can't say it without saying Drake's name. He came back in a major way. Scorpion, the double album. As a whole, it wasn't huge, but had still had seven singles. But this song, I felt, was transcendent. Just the uh, just the, the music, that intro, the, the Lauryn Hill sample, lots of samples. There's a ton of producers on this song, tons of writers. He borrows a lot from things and just... This was the song of the summer for me, and when 2018 was all said and done, this still stood out as a top song for me. Yeah, you know, it was an interesting year for Drake, and, and a lot in general with a lot of artists. You know, in hip-hop, I feel like the torch is starting to get passed to a lot of different artists. You know, I think we all kind of agree Kanye is starting to kind of fall off a little bit here. You know, it was an off year for Kendrick. He put out Black Panther. You know, you still got Drake there, and I think this was Drake reasserting himself with the crown with this album. It took over when it came out in, what was it, the summertime here, and that song definitely was one of the ones that popped for me as well. But, you know, as high as Drake went, he also had some of those weird, uh, tough moments too, including that artist that was also on your list, Pusha T, <laughs> down the wood earlier in the year. Well, and every year is totally different. I mean, Rap Beats came back, and... One of the things that you know both artists would agree, the rap beef helps both artists. It gets keeps Drake's name out there. 
I mean, Drake, aside from, you know, the songs he leads, he was featured on a lot of great songs that didn't quite even make uh, my list, like Look Alive and Yes Indeed. He was consistently playing on music the entire year, and uh, in a year of Drake, this was my number one Drake song, number two overall. So, PJ, that was my recap for number two. Time for your number one song of 2018. Man, this list has blown by. We are down to the final two songs, one song apiece, and this is my top song for 2018 Falling Into Me by Let's Eat Grandma You got this You know, I still feel ridiculous saying that artist's name out loud. It's one of my favorites, Let's Eat Grandma. Uh, the song, though, is just off the charts amazing for me. It hits all these sweet spots for me. And I know, at least, you know, talking to people this year, this will probably come as a bit of a surprise. This isn't, this isn't a song that I think for a lot of people define 2018, but it did for me musically. It just was the song I played throughout the year when it came out. I never got sick of it, and I think that's just because of the layers it has. It's an ultra dance anthem, but it's also coming from this indie rock scene. And it's just, it's a builder. It just keeps going and hits these breakdowns that just for me feel epic. And you know, I love epic music still to this day. And to me, this song was the one that just gave me chills. Yeah, for me, this is the number one artist name of 2018. But uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, I, I, I agree with your statement. I, when I listen to this song, it kind of takes me on a journey. It's almost six minutes long, and it has so many different elements to it. There's a lot of depth to it that's not in your typical EDM fair. There's a lot going on in the song. Very enjoyable track. And I mean, I'll admit, I you know I didn't feature this song on his list because I knew the moment I hit heard it, it was going to be my song of the year, and I've just saved it in my back pocket through the year, and it, nothing took over. I, you know, it was one of those ones you just knew it would be your favorite song the moment you heard it, and it did, and I, that's awesome because often a lot of songs just wear out eventually, and this one didn't for me. Um, so for me, that that stands the test of time, and that's why it's my song of the year. All right, Marco, we got one left. All right, PJ was hoarding his number one song and I'm about to share my number one song of 2018. It's Travis Scott with Sicko Mode. Made this here with all the ice on in the booth. At the gate outside, when they pull up, they give me loose. Yeah, jump out, boys. That's Nike boys hopping our coast. This shit way too big. When we pull up, give me the loot. Was off the Remy, had up at post. Had to in my old town to duck the news. So, this was a great year of pop music, and as PJ said, hip-hop is really taking over pop, and I don't think there's a better example of this. It's not a original number one song, but it really did resonate with me as my number one song. It comes off the very acclaimed Astro World album, had a song featured in episode 8, Stop Trying to Be God, but this was the clear head of shoulders of the album and also features Drake, who again had a huge 2018. Love the way they kind of go back and forth on this song and it has these songs within a song that just kind of takes you kind of like PJ's number one, just on this journey as you listen to it. Yeah, you know, it's amazing how different these two songs we picked are. I mean, my song on Spotify, one and a half million listens, Sicko Mode, 
453 million. This song lit it up this year. This was a defining song in 2018. And it's interesting that it was, because it's a pretty funky hip-hop song, too. But, I mean, it just clicked for people. I think all the different cameos being made here helped it. But also, just even the way it kind of splits and diverts all are just super sharp and hype. They all work for me. Um, I love this song. The album itself is great, too. Astroworld was one of the top hip-hop albums for me. No, I agree, PJ. It is. It's a. It's a strange song, and even though record companies can really push stuff, it still is a testament to this song being what it is to get into the 400 million plus streams. Um, you know, it breaks down. It has. You know, it talked about production. There were six producers on this, 30 credited writers on this song. You know, in addition to you know Travis Scott and Drake, there's also vocals from Sway Lee of Ray Stremmerd and the late Big Hawk. Uh, there's just so much going on in the song, and it really just hit a core with me, but also uh, the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, of all the songs you picked this year, I, you know, I was surprised Pusha T didn't make number one, but if you weren't going to pick that number one, I think this was an excellent choice here. Sicko Mode, it was huge, it was massive, and it's also great. So, good choice, Marco. That is our top songs. Top 30 apiece. Number one, Sicko Mode. Number one, Let's Eat Grandma. Yeah, you know, that still feels weird to say. But we have now covered all of the music for 2018, Marco. That's it. 2018 is officially wrapped. Yes. <laughs> and also, you know what's wrapped, Marco? Another episode of The weekend. It's done. We can sign off. Yes, and to be clear, Travis Scott and Let's See Grandma do not get wikis. This is just for the love of the game. So a great year of music in 2018, and we look forward to some excellent music in 2019. Yeah, we love our music, Marco, and you know we have to go out and make it big every year because music is at the core of this show for us. It's one of those foundational interests, I think, for both of us. So, you know, great opportunity to talk about music, and the good news is there's just so much amazing music to talk about right now. And we want to hear from you. If you uh, if you had a different songs of the year or something that we missed, let us know. It's very much too late, but we always want to hear <laughs> to be on the lookout for 2019 and get yes. even better. We love the feedback, and we hope you guys enjoyed all of the music we've thrown out there. We put it on Facebook, and we also have all the songs, all 30 apiece, on our Spotify playlist. So if you want to listen to that playlist, do it it's a crazy list there's so much hip-hop indie music pop music it's just everything here i think we've covered about as much as possible so listen to it and let us know what we've missed all right until next time that's been music and that's been the weekend marco we're out of here that's it episode nine is wrapped we'll see you next episode sayonara everybody's working for the weekend Next time on the show, Team Weekend goes overboard with the hashtags. So, hashtag Marco, are you ready for hashtag podcast episode 10? Hashtag born ready. Hashtag YOLO. Hashtag podcast life. 
Hashtag, we are not gymnastics. I really hate that episode. Hashtag, thank you, next. And in preparation for the next show, PJ and Marco work on bolstering their fire safety. Dear firefighters, welcome to the neighborhood. PJ, what are you doing? Hold on. I'm almost done with the welcome card. Please enjoy. This candle is our token of our appreciation. You've learned nothing. Seriously. Nothing. Tune in next week. Peace out, podcast listeners. Listeners.